to the Skeptic Wire. of November 2013, episode 135 of The Skeptic Wire. I'm your host, Gary Lon, and with me this week are Greg Perrine. For November, I'm growing out my beard. Even more? Even more. <laughs> Excellent. So you can probably have him in the film with the goat. Yeah. And... Clarify that. <laughs> you only have to talk about it. And Donna Swafford. Yeah, I'm here. We should probably post a link to the 24-hour uh, film experience trailer. 48 hours. 48 hours. Yeah, sorry. actually, I have 48 hours. Yeah. Trailer that yeah, you worked on. I produced and edited. Gary did a lot of the music. Except for I one did little piece of music. Oh, yeah? There's one piece of music in there that that's a uh, Apple tune. Apple. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that, how was everybody's week since last week? I handed out Halloween candy. Oh, yeah, I got stuck in traffic. How was handing out uh, Halloween candy? pretty good except that the candy that i bought specifically for kids with nut allergies no kids seem to know whether or not they had nut allergies or not except for the kid with the big swollen head i didn't see one of those but <laughs> maybe that happened after they were at my house but i tried i really tried to be responsible donna uh you were just... scaring kids weren't you no i i was actually taking my children around oh, trick-or-treating trick and then Handing out candy for a little while because I don't believe in like really walking that far because that would be exercise. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're eating candy while you're going. Well, see, here's the <laughs> that thing. That one like, looks dangerous. I'll eat that one to make sure it's well, not. <laughs> actually, what I do is I buy an overabundance of candy. So I, I always have oh, extra yeah, candy yeah. left. And the kids that come to my house are always coming back going, Hi! It's you! You're out! Yay! <laughs> because they know that I'm going to give them, like, handfuls of candy. And their parents just look at me, like, with that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. Well, obviously a lot. There's a lot of things you can do, like not hand out so much candy. Or just smile at the parents evilly. Or, or be like <laughs> that woman, what was she up in Minnesota or something, who... If a child was obese, she handed out a letter saying, you're fat, fuck you, essentially. Yeah, there was yeah. that woman. There was the Christian couple that was handing out the anti-abortion tracts. <laughs> Holy for crap. Holly. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So all I have to say to those people is, fuck off. <laughs> well, see, here, here's the thing. I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday of the year. My house always gets done up and everything else. And one of my fondest memories as a kid was I was seven years old and we went trick-or-treating and there was this house that was kind of up on a hill. And the woman who owned the house apparently had like the grand champion cat of Canada or something. This is like really weird. <laughs> That's and one the, fancy pussy. Exactly. And, well, the pussy had its own cook. Wow. wow. <laughs> right. But when she did trick or for the kids that came to her house trick-or-treating, because it was kind of a, a rough hill to get up, she literally had... Garbage cans, scoops, and like almost like the the grocery bags, oh. and just let kids get like five pounds of candy. And I just remember that being 
like the holy grail of yeah, absolutely that's <laughs> right. just like, a bad like, idea oh it, you know it shined really pretty it was kind of like the ark of the covenant you know, <laughs> when they pull it out of in indiana jones that's what it was that and so now i obviously can't do that much but i do make sure that kids get probably more than they should because That's you good. know, some asshole is going to be giving out Charleston chews. <laughs> so. I, I think we covered this in the Halloween episode a couple of weeks ago. My big one that I didn't really care for was Baby Ruth. I like Baby Ruth. Well, see, if, if we were brothers, we would have traded those. Probably. Yes. But on the other hand, I also like Reese's Pieces. Or Reese's, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yeah, we would have fought it over those. <laughs> and see, and if I was related to you guys, I just would have been going here, 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 here. Because I can't eat Baby Ruth's and I can't eat Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. We would have been nice in giving you... Our the twi- Charleston Chews. <laughs> Twizzlers. No, I was going to say Twizzlers because Twizzlers are tasty and nice and non-nutty. <laughs> Except I'm a Red Vines girl. See, there's Twizzler people and there are Red Vines people. And I am... And there's no pleasing some people. <laughs> exactly. I give you all the black licorice. I don't say it. <laughs> all the good and plenties. No, he's going to say, oh, that you're racist. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not that big fan of licorice-flavored Twizzlers. And they, they can't be red vines. They must be black vines, right? African-American vines. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. What? So, I have a question for you. I ate dinner before I came over. I went to a uh, Chinese sushi restaurant. And... They gave me, uh, before they brought out my sushi, which I ordered. um. (laughs) What the hell is all this sushi doing here? I ordered a burger. So I ordered some sushi, and they give, like, the uh, miso soup, and then, like, a little salad with with, uh, whatever that stuff is. Uh, Oh, curse the luck. Doesn't matter. So they gave me the, the miso soup, and they put it down in front of me, and it started moving away from me, like, floating away from me. Huh. And I thought... Well, that's rather interesting, especially since it's Skeptic Wire recording night. And I thought, you know, we don't really talk a lot about skepticism in and of itself. We usually apply skepticism to a lot of news that's going around. But this is something that happened. And the first thing I thought is, I know some people, especially since Halloween was last week, and some people were posting things about how spirits are real and all that crap, who would look at that. And think that a spirit was trying to move it away or or give them some sort of message. Message, exactly. Because, you know, it, it wasn't like it was like scraping across. It was like floating away. I thought I'd put it out to you. What do you think it was? Because I, I have a I have a very good hypothesis. Now, what what so it moved. It, it would float away a little bit. And it would leave a little bit of water behind, of condensation. Or it could also be ectoplasmic slime. I was going to say bugs crawling underneath and just carrying it along. <laughs> yeah, well, if you were in Le- Los Angeles, so you would know you would go and look the letter grade in front of the restaurant to see if it was at level F. <laughs> right. But given your description, my first guess... Not even full-fledged hypothesis, just flat-out guess was that there was some kind of temperature difference between, like, the table and the plate and the food causing a bubble. That's exactly right. 
because the, the I still like the bug idea better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was hoping someone would say spirit so I could uh, berate you, but apparently. But I don't drink, so right. I would never say spirits. <laughs> That's right. But ah, a bug ghost. Then it turned out that the bottom of the bowl, the bottom was slightly damp because it had been uh, washed, and uh, it's not like freshly freshly washed. And so the heat of the miso soup was actually heating that up. Now, the other thing that was happening is the tabletop was cold because we, we had a cold front come through this, this afternoon. So, so it was cold. And so, yes, the temperature difference was causing the uh, water vapor to expand and then kind of like a, like a puck. Right. <laughs> kind of just floating away. And we talked, I think it was maybe a couple months ago about that story, or maybe some other podcast did, but I think we did, about the rocks in Death Valley yeah. that were basically kind of rolling on frozen water <laughs> during the night when nobody saw the frozen water. So it, it, that's what made me think of it, that connection. Yeah. So, so I, I, thought it was, I thought it was a really cool, yes, it's a, it's a pretty cool demonstration of physics if it was under controlled circumstances, but it was, it was pretty cool. I, I guess the other thing is I also looked at the, the tabletop and the tabletop was tilted away from me. Mm-hmm. So it would go that, <laughs> that way. That was my next question. Actually, yeah. was going to be was what's the degree of angle on the, yeah. The and it wasn't, it wasn't like really severely tilted, but it was a little bit tilted. So, so the, all the of those temperature can... difference de- led to some kind of condensation, which reduced the friction enough to go downhill. Exactly. That's pretty cool, actually. Awesome. That is pretty cool. So, you know, applied skepticism. And not, not suddenly freaking out being asked to move to another table because <laughs> the spirits don't want me to eat. Now, the question here is, if you believed in ghosts, would you feel that the table was haunted or the bowl was haunted? Because if they moved you to another table and just moved the bowl, then you would think, well, if the bowl was haunted, then you would still be scared. But if it was the table if it was just the bowl then they could switch bowls and the table would be fine well that that would be that would be a good a good scientific process because if you brought everything over to another table and the same thing happened then you would think maybe the restaurant is haunted and they don't want you to have the miso soup because miso soup is high in sodium which i'm not really supposed to they being the ghosts the ghosts not the restaurant owners right exactly so the ghosts wouldn't want you to have that or just perhaps they were trying to tell you something if it happened again at the other table. But I didn't do that because <laughs> I don't believe in ghosts. And I thought it was just <laughs> cool that the thing was like, oh, God. So that was a really cool demonstration of, of skepticism in the world. Yeah. I have a tiny little rant on a total and utter lack of skepticism yeah. in the world. Everybody in the entire nation of the United States and probably in other countries as well gets a lot of junk mail every single day. Flyers. No. Selling stuff and whatever. It's basically the only thing that's in my mailbox these days. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> so I was leafing through it just to see if there were coupons or just make sure a letter didn't get stuck in somewhere by accident. And I came across this, which is an advertisement for a brand of soap. Right. And we won't say the actual brand itself. But it'd be something on an old phone. Yes. <laughs> so old phone soap. Right. Had in, in a circular arrangement, you go... Exactly. So if you were to call somebody, right. you would use this other term for them. Rotary phone soap <laughs> has multiple, op- <laughs> multiple options that you can get. Multiple flavors, for all intents and purposes. That they've if got. you're eating your soap, you're doing it wrong. It, well, that's, that's <laughs> the first bit of skepticism. If you haven't gotten that far, there's no hope for you on the skeptical 
spectrum of things. <laughs> but uh, one of their things is coconut water, and there's another one that's got seven-day nutrients or whatever. And okay, that's fine, whatever. But what pissed me off is there was a flavor of rotary phone soap. Okay, scent. It's not flavor. Yes, uh, but... <laughs> He does eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wants he a squeaky it, clean it. colon. Yeah, because like, he likes it when he when he when he uh, farts. Saves you know, me time in the nice morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. So this flavor scent of rotary phone soap is based on. It's, it's power berries. It's based on cr- cranberries <laughs> and raspberries and, and porn. No, not porn. porn? <laughs> Dingleberry. Sorry. <laughs> Pomegranate. Pomegranate. As I That's am fond far. of saying, that was, a, that was a bit of a Freudian penis there. I apologize. <laughs> but what really pissed me off is this flavor scent of soap based on berries, raspberries, dingleberries, and all that kind of stuff. They're branding it as antioxidant. <laughs> and it shows a profound misunderstanding of what the hell an antioxidant is all about. It, well, actually, it sucks the oxygen out of the air and causes people to feel lightheaded and happy. Exactly. I mean, the, the whole idea of antioxidants is when some chemical reactions in cells mean that certain molecules have an extra electron or not enough electron, and that starts to steal electrons from other places and causes an imbalance, which may, if damaging the DNA, lead to something like cancer or just general cell damage. It's like internal rusting. Sure, yes. Oxidation. Yeah. So since (laughs) antioxidants fix that, either donate an electron or just bond with the free electron problem so that there's no damage... They're a positive effect on the cell, but too much antioxidants would be a bad thing. Not enough would also be a bad thing. But it's when they're in their your cells, not on a soap that you immediately wash off. <laughs> what, what if, so it's all based on the whole idea of antioxidants a is a buzzword. big buzzword. It'd be like calling your your soap fat free <laughs> or gluten free. It's like what the. F- it, it pisses me off to use these buzzwords that aren't even close to what they're actually doing just for marketing purposes. I agree, but it is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun to rant about, but... Yeah, so rather than having something useful like aloe... <laughs> yeah, or cucumber, it's nice and <laughs> refreshing. smooth and, yes, and, and smells pleasant, fine, have a scented soap, have a moisturizing soap, because... People have lotions and that helps, but antioxidants. Although interestingly enough, it, it does remind me when I when I was in, me and my brothers were in in high school. Actually, my oldest brother was in high school, and, and my me and my middle brother were. And you were eating high. soap, no, okay. junior, junior high. And uh, <laughs> my mom went away for about a month, I think. Uh, she went up to Oregon to be with her sister, who was having surgery or something like that. And so my dad was sort of in charge of that. <laughs> Of the house, and he had to go out and buy shampoo. Now, my oldest brother and I had long hair at that time, and my oldest okay, brother. Hold has... on, <laughs> trying to picture it. Yeah, no, can't do it. But yeah. go ahead. And my older, older brother and I look a lot alike, except he had really, really curly hair. So my dad 
goes out and he buys the cheapest possible stuff he can he can get, which I don't care because even then I, I didn't care about hair. I just didn't like haircuts and I, I would always put it in a ponytail. I didn't really give a shit. But the cheapest possible stuff my dad could get was strawberry scented, <laughs> which is not a good thing. For two boys in middle for school. For two boys in middle school to go and smell like strawberries. Not bad for the girls, actually. But the guys, I mean, we got harassed horribly. <laughs> but apparently it's coming around that it's perfectly all right to smell like antioxidants. Anyway. Yes. What do antioxidants smell like? What's the... They, they smell like the, the berries and the fruits that they have. I, I have an antioxidant blend of fruits that I put in my uh, breakfast cereal mm-hmm. uh, that I got from Costco. It's, you know, it's strawberries, cherries, pomegranates, and there's something else like blueberries. Right. And those are all good for you. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's they, all I got them. Yeah. You, <laughs> eating them because fruits and vegetables are pretty are much for you. good for you. Yes. But obsessing over marketing terms like low fat, antioxidant, gluten free. Yeah. I don't. I don't rub yeah. them on my skin. <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. <laughs> right. Although sometimes I rub the blueberries on my skin and sing the Oompa Loompa song, but you know, because you know, the, the violet. No, no. God. Let the awkward silence just hang there, Gary. <laughs> If you're going to say things like that, just own the it. The schnozberries are delicious. And let it happen. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Do we have a birthday today? Yes, we have a birthday today. The person whose birthday it would have been today was born November 6th, 1976. Really? They're no I longer alive. What, what, wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Pat Tillman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Holy shit. I think that is the least amount of clues I've ever given for a birthday. Yeah. Today would be his birthday. Well, you said that because <laughs> I actually loved the documentary that they did about him. And so, and I actually just watched it while I was out of town. So. Oh, okay. Well, fresh on the mind. Yes. So, who was Pat Tillman? To let you know, Gary. <laughs> I know who Pat Tillman is. Uh, he was. A guy. Um, hold on. <laughs> Did I just actually just like completely stump you by getting it that quickly? A little bit. Just I I I was at, my brain was on the track of give clues, give clues, clues give, give clues. clues. What you already got it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Tillman. <laughs> Pat Tillman started out life as a football player. He, well, he didn't start out life. He well, started out his professional career as a football player. He started out adult life okay. <laughs> as a successful college football player and then got into the big leagues. and uh, was. That the, would be the NFL. Yes, it is one of the big leagues. NFL. But he specifically <laughs> was in the NFL. Yes. It wasn't like he was what in the was Canadian the football league. Like, like, because everywhere else, <laughs> football is soccer. We call it soccer. I didn't even... <laughs> I'll shut up now. Uh, <laughs> we're not gonna win. This is going to be a long night. <laughs> Let's let Greg talk now. This is the problem with an improvised podcast. 
don't have a script to work with, so I don't know how to start with the fact that this guy played football. Hey! <laughs> and go on from there without you two jumping all over me. I'm going back to the beginning. <laughs> Are you going to start over so you can give the clues? No, no. Donna guessed it. She got it right. I'm going to go back to the beginning of actually trying to describe who the hell he is. Oh, okay. Pat Tillman was pretty much your all-American kid who went to college and played football and was really successful and then got drafted into the National Football League, which is American football with the gridiron and the pigskin and the pads and the... And the ball's not really a ball, it's more egg-shaped. Yes. And just really played with your hands and not with your feet. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we're smart in America. I was going to mention the hazing scandal that's going on oh, lately. Yeah. But, uh, very, okay. very testosterone Miami, sport. Yes. Miami uh, team. Exactly. The Dolphins. Yeah, on the incognito or something. is oh, yeah. Something <laughs> like that, yeah. Incognito. <laughs> hey, apparently this is really, I shouldn't laugh. You, you yeah, tell exactly. we're big sports fans, considering yeah. this is the first person who is a sports player who is our birthday for the... Right. All I can think of is a guy's name in Incognito, and the first thing I thought when I read his name was, oh, was he on Jersey Shore? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently so, considering his uh, actions, but go ahead. Yeah. Pat Tillman played linebacker for the Arizona Cardinals for a couple of years, or thereabouts. But after 9-11, he and his brother, I think it's Kevin decided that they were going to sign up for the army to being all patriotic and serve the country and all that. He was in Iraq for a little while and then finished up ranger school and got deployed to Afghanistan where essentially the trouble began. Apparently he was fairly openly critical about especially the war in Iraq, President Bush and all that in general. And uh, one day there was a caravan of, I guess, Humvees going through a valley that the caravan had split in two. One group had gone ahead, and then the other group was still in the valley and got ambushed. So the other group got out of their Humvees or whatever vehicles they were in and went back to try to help. Mm-hmm. And apparently somewhere in that chaos, Pat Tillman got shot. Right. Now, originally it was dis- they it was publicly said that he was hit by these ambushers and all that. Then it finally came out that it was friendly fire from an M16 type bullet, even though there were other rifles of that type used, but it's the same ammunition. Yeah, right. And Standardization. Yes, exactly. So, it, and, and he was shot uh, several times and close grouping. So there's been some talk of, well, was he consciously hit because of his political views? But Right. But the, but the problem was... At the beginning, was this was covered up. Exactly. And that's the big skeptical thing that I wanted to talk about, mainly that there are conspiracies out there, and when humans are involved, a lot of times the stuff just comes to light because nobody can keep a secret that right. well. And we should also probably point out that he was not religious. Exactly. That was, was the second openly, point. He was openly not religious. And there was a lot of religious aspects at his funeral, and his right. family got very pissed off about that because he was... He was Openly atheist, <laughs> and um, it wasn't a secret, and yet the whole thing with the army pretending that he had died this hero, giving him the silver star and the purple heart, and promoting him posthumously, and trying to cover this up, and portraying him as religious when he wasn't, is was basically this whole... It was a conspiracy. Right, and he was being used for propaganda. Exactly. So, 
all that combined of a you got to be skeptical of what your leaders tell you. And yes, sometimes there are conspiracies and also a fairly famous non-religious figure that people don't always know is non-religious is why I mentioned Pat Tillman as today's birthday. Yay! And uh, Except for Boo that it, you know, he died. Yeah, too bad that he died in 2004, so he is not 37 like he should be, but uh, yeah. There we go. Kind of a downer, but <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. All right, well, Donna. Yes. Greg and I had stories. <laughs> what do you have for us? I actually want to talk about the Demancy skulls that were recently found in Georgia. They are a series of five skulls. And the headline is, it's shaking up evolutionary theory and it's destroyed the, the lineage lines. And, you know, no one will think about evolution the same way again. And it's a lot of pressure on these five skulls. <laughs> Is there some creationist bent to this as well, saying that evolution was wrong? I didn't actually really look into the what the creationists are saying or like what Answers in Genesis has said about it. Because so honestly, is... they, they pissed me off and, and oh, I just couldn't do it. Cause so I was like, this is just a good old-fashioned actual scientific controversy. Yes. Or if you're British, controversy. Yes. So... <laughs> In, I guess it Followed was... Followed by God Bless the Queen, apparently. <laughs> so about, I guess it was about 10 years ago, they found these series of skulls and they they actually found the mandible first, which is the lower jaw. They found the jaw in 2000. Right. And then... Where were these found? In the country of Georgia. In, okay. Russia. Old, yes. Old Russian satellite Old Soviet. State. Right. Okay. So they found these skulls and it's it's been a kind of rich environment... And there's been a lot of skeletons that have been found in that area, so it wasn't surprising to find these there. The condition that they were found in was extremely surprising. They were actually able to match that mandible up to the full skull that they managed to extract out of the, the site and match it up through dental wear. They and physically went, this mandible goes with this skull... And, and really amazing, considering, like you said, the jaw was found in 2000. They found the rest of the skull in 2005. Right. And ever since then have been trying to say, well, does this match? Well, no. Does this match? And, oh, well, these might actually match. Right. Part of it is is because because they were found in the same area, they were like, okay, when you use all the dating techniques, they are like, when you look at it geographically, morphologically, start using all of the dating techniques, they're all like, these skulls are within 200 years of of each other. So when, when we say they're found in the same area, are we talking like on top of each other? Are we talking within a five, like, mile, five mile radius? No, like within a probably a hundred feet. <laughs> oh, okay. One burial site yes. or death site or something like that. Oh, okay. So uh, not spread over miles, so relatively yeah, close, but yeah, also... You know, like the whole brontosaurus thing where they put yeah. a head on that was found miles away. That was my this first worry almost... about this, that the okay. jaw and head and rest of the skull were found separately. Right. You're kind of scared of... What, was it Pilt Down Piltdown Man? Pilt Down Man. That kind of like, well, they just kind of stuck some things together and say, look, it's a new species. Right. But, but that's not what happened. So they, like I said, they found all of this stuff. It's taken years to actually excavate the remains out. In addition to the analysis and, and everything else, it's very long process once you actually find proto-human remains. They excavated it out, and then they started doing the measurements, and they were all like, 
holy shit. Because the difference between like skull one and skull five is there's a huge amount of difference in just the cranial capacity. Skull five has a cranial capacity of 586 cubic centimeters. Skull one is close to 850. And is that still generally smaller than Homo sapiens? Yes. Homo sapiens about 1500. Okay. So normally if you would find skulls of this difference, like, Say you found it in the country of Georgia, and then say you found it in Britain. The state of Georgia. The state yeah. of Georgia. People would be all like, totally different. This guy is, is Homo ergaster. This guy is Homo erectus. There's no, oh, they're, they're so different. Da, 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 da. But because they were found in such proximity, and when they started doing the measurements, they compared them to anatomically modern human in taking sample sizes along with modern chimpanzee and modern bonobo. They found that basically that range is it's similar to what we've got. So we've got like seven foot tall basketball players with big heads and football players with big heads and then tiny little gymnasts with little heads. Little tiny. And- We're all the same species so that variety is still there. And we found that much variety, one, in a group that was found within a few hundred feet of each other and two, dated within, you said, uh, within, a, within a couple hundred years. years. And considering these skulls were about 1.8 million years ago, mm-hmm. that's a really narrow range of a bullseye to say, yeah, these are probably related and knew each other. Even though, you know, occasionally you'll get different migrations in and out and yeah. maybe a different population comes in. But this sounds like really like a family or a clan stayed right. there for a couple hundred years. Right. And one of the things that unfortunately they can't do is they can't do nuclear DNA testing. It's never been done. It's never been completed successfully in remains this old that would have given the definitive oh look these guys were first cousins or something you know where we Um, were able to kind of do that a little with neanderthal dna yes but it wasn't quite as old right because neanderthal dna is about five hundred thousand, three hundred thousand years old this 1.8 they've not been able to do it yet now obviously people are working on it so maybe in a few years a few decades, they will be able to do it. I'm kind of hoping. That would be cool. The skulls had a lot of similar characteristics. They had the smaller brain case. They had larger teeth, which is something that you see throughout human history is something that we can't explain. Our teeth, comparatively, anatomically modern human, our teeth are much smaller than our previous ancestors. The muscle attachments for chewing are much more solid than what we have because... We've learned to cook. We've learned to adapt. We've softened our food. Right. In addition, these other bones that were found at this site indicate that these people were scavengers because they found bones that have teeth marks as well as bone tool marks. And so there's, they think actually that the big cats were hunting them and not the other way around. (laughs) Probably a good guess. Ice Age lied to me. (laughs) And one of the other really interesting things that nobody's really talking about it in this is that you are seeing signs of altruism in this site. How so? Because one of the skulls has no teeth. And this guy survived for quite a while without any teeth. So he had to have somebody helping him, possibly pre-chewing his food and getting it ready for him (laughs) because... You know, when you're trying to chew rough hides, it's 
You don't have teeth. It's not going to work. <laughs> like finding a skeleton with like a broken leg or something where it is definitely knitted to yeah. show that their clan did help them out. Yeah. And that's one of the things that nobody's really touched on on this is the fact that this one, one skull has obvious injuries or, you know, pre-existing condition that made it possible, made it where somebody had to take care so of him. So he qualifies for Obamacare. Okay. <laughs> but I'm done. It seems like the big thing that everybody's focusing on is saying that this one skull rewrites human evolution or may condense the family tree. Right. How how has that been what, assumed based on these fossils? What they're saying is is that because of the difference between skull one and skull five is is so great and you can extrapolate that level of of diversity, they're saying, well instead of saying we have Homo rudolfensis and Homo habilis and, and Homo aragaster and everything else. They should all qualify as Homo erectus. And basically, the and we talked about this before. There's the lumpers and the splitters. That splitters are all wrong. We can just throw everybody into one clade. Gotcha. That, and so they're saying, look, we have this definitive line into human history. I, I think the evidence is still out for that. I think that's still- a huge jump. There's still big fossil gaps. Right. Right. In addition, there are many things that might have influenced some of this diversity. The health of the individual, the nutrition that individuals have been able to to get and maintain. When they're children, if they're eating very well, they're obviously going to grow to be bigger. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they've actually managed to grow to a ripe old age of 37 Sexual dimorphism, they have not determined if any of the five skulls are definitively female. So this smaller skull, which while they're saying it's male, the jury is still out on definitively saying, okay, we have an XY over here. You know, these five are all XY. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a lot of things that are not being taken in to the argument of this oh, look, we see such a huge diversity, we can just throw everything into the pot. Isn't one of the other arguments that some people are using to try to lump these multiple... I, I Please forgive me for not knowing the correct term, but homo habilis and homo rectalis, whatever the hell it is, because these other found species where we've found examples before also share elements with these five skulls. Yeah. That because those other elements were found in those skulls far away and this skull they're saying well because of that diversity they should all be lumped into one right it's not just the statistical analysis of the one to five they're saying oh look homo rudolfensis has the meganonti the larger teeth their brain case falls within that same range therefore there's no homo rudolfensis it's homo erectus and the big thing is, is that if you can discover a new species, that's huge. That's part of it. That's part of the reason why there are probably so many splitters, because it's money. Okay. <laughs> there is a lot of money that comes in when you write that paper that says, oh, look, I've got homo, I don't, homo clowndensis or whatever, you know, because at that point, Monty. universities are getting money and they're publishing those papers and that's bringing in more money and places like... Science Online, Scientific American, and everything else, they're like, keep going, keep going. Because it's less sexy to say, oh, we found another one of these. Right. Well, I mean, could could this possibly, again, like Craig, I don't know the term for it. 
they discovered with like the the triceratops where the the youth was looked one way and the adult looked another way and originally they thought that the two were completely separate species but then they figured out that the youth changes greatly during the maturation process and then eventually looks as the tri as the triceratops and so could this be a, a similar thing well, where where they go through they went through a, a large, yeah, sort of a, metaphor, a large change between adults no, because and, and youth. in Australopithecus, like Turconoboy, which is one of the relatives of Sounds of like Lucy, a superhero. <laughs> that's one of the relatives. It's Australopithecus af- afarensis, which is the the same clade as as Lucy, where they've been able to 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 find juvenile individuals, and the change oh, okay. isn't that much. Okay, so that that's the, so they know that this was used. But like I said, I mean, that to find a complete skull of this time period, that alone. Is like huge. Less five. Most yeah. of the time, we'll just find a tooth. Yeah, they'll find a tooth or part of a and, jaw. Yeah. Or like in the case of Lucy, where they had like basically half the skull, a brain case here, the orbital part of the jaw, and they could go, okay, well, we've got this half and this half, so we can kind of extrapolate because humans are pretty much kind of down the middle. You can fold this over and it match. And it gets a little messy, but we'll match. Yes. yes. One of the things that they were looking at is the movement of the foramen magnum, the the hole at the bottom of the skull for your spinal cord. Because you can see through human evolution where it's, it's in Lucy, it's further back. And as it starts to move directly under. As we stand up straight. Yes. Okay. So it's not movement within an individual, like saying the movement of a shoulder, no. the range of motion. It's evolutionary over millions of years. How that position changed. Right. Because if you walk on four, that has to be closer to the very back of your head. So you can look up. So you can look up and see around. But as you go to, to bipedal movement, it has to move further down so that your head is erect and can move side to side and look around you. But there are there are some other problems that I actually wanted to discuss some people are saying, I don't know about this whole... Right. Is it mainly the lumping thing? The lumping thing is a little bit because one side of this is is that they only compared the homoclades. They didn't look at it in reference to like Afferen- Australopithecus afarensis or Sedibo, like we talked about a couple of months ago. These finds that we know led into homo, that led into the, the clades, you know, where we can see, okay, definite ape-like characteristics definite human characteristics kind of kind of merging and melding because once you get into like homo erectus and habilis you really do start to see bipedalism is fully established the larger heads are starting to be established so they didn't look at them compared to these other ones it was a very narrow focus of well these all seem very similar so that must mean they're all the same as opposed to looking at the full range of human fossil changes to say well, this has changed more towards human, but this other aspect is still very ape-like, which puts it closer to this other group, which is not necessarily homo right. or not. They didn't really look at it that way, and that's part of the the uh, criticism. Right. Okay. And the other big criticism is that the people who are writing the papers are not human. forthcoming oh. <laughs> with letting people look at the skulls. A lot of what they're showing are the computer modeling. 
And there's a there's quite a few people out there arguing that until they can see some of this stuff, physically see it, measure it themselves, they're going, yeah, and, and you know, I'm not quite sure that the conclusions that you're jumping to are quite the same. Right. And we, we do see that where someone gets a proprietary time with a fossil because it was their discovery and they get to hold on to it for a little while. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain point where everybody else has to be able to see it to do yeah. other work and also to confirm. So there's going to be controversy of this. The scientific reporting on it sucked. There's a press quote from Christoph Zollikoffer who says, Everything that lived at the time of the Demancy was probably just Homo erectus. We're not saying that paleoanthropologists did things wrong in Africa, but they didn't have the references we have. Part of the community will like it, but for another part, it will be shocking news. And this is kind of that money quote that all of the science reporting has picked up on, you know, this, it's going to be shocking and, and we're going to, you know, just rock the world of paleoanthropology and nobody's ever going to look at, at fossils the same way. Paleontologists again. are, are baffled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. No, not paleontologists. Anthropologists. We've had this argument. <laughs> paleontologists look at dinosaurs. Paleoanthropologists look at people. Paleoanthropologists to... are baffled. <laughs> Here's the thing. I have to explain this all the time because people hear the words, oh, you're an anthropologist. You hunt right. dinosaurs. Right. No, no, no. I understand that, but you, you, you did say paleo. So, you know, first thing I thought was CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing I thought was, oh, uh, pa paleontologists. Right. But like I said. People they're... who study CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new shirt. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, new shirt? Up... We even haven't even done one shirt. Well, we need it's to. It's actually a paleogastroenterologist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to put that paleontologist, the study of crossfit. <laughs> but I, do you guys have any questions or did I do a, a fairly good job of kind of breaking it down? And Yeah. Well, my big questions were kind of. Even just knowing that the skull represents what we think it does, how sure we can be on that. Because, like I said earlier, I was a little worried about the fact that the skull and the jaw were found separately and five years apart. And when you're dating something back to 1.8 million years ago, even a couple hundred years can still mean one group dies off and another group moves in and you don't know, well, okay, were these two bodies just completely different populations? Well, a couple of, a couple of hundred years is five or six generations. For exactly. Right. Well, that was the thing. And I, I had that same worry and I actually looked at some of the papers about it. <laughs> five or six generations, more than that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, we're talking 30 years. We're talking 500 years or a hundred years. So yeah, like yeah, a 15, bunch. 10, 15, yeah, okay. 15, 20. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I can math. <laughs> That's graduate student Gary. <laughs> Available in Toys R Us this right. Christmas next to graduate stool Barbie. Graduate stool. <laughs> graduate stool Barbie. <laughs> well, that can't be good. Okay. <laughs> That's... No, that's what happens when you go back and look at your thesis 10 years later and go, <laughs> what's this shit? <laughs> I had that same concern when I first started reading the articles that were coming out on NBC News and, and PLOS and all of that about the time 
and the matching up of the skull and the mandible. So I went back and actually looked at some of the papers that have come out about it and they've actually identified wear patterns in the teeth and that's how they matched it. And I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. So they were able to say this right molar was worn in a certain way, which matches the bottom molar that would match it. Yeah. So either everybody had the same wear pattern. They were all with the same chew tobacco or something. Or it's probably the same individual and the fact that the jaw actually fits nicely yeah. in the jaw space receptacle on the upper skull thing. See, I know my terminology. And that the sizing made sense and all that. kind. Of. Yes. Obviously, we don't know a lot of the actual details of the actual paper. At least I don't because I just read like NBC News or CNN description of it. But it seems like at least the science reporting got it right in that there was this match and it's a very neat, complete skull. And it tells us a lot about human evolution. But it seems like they've taken some of the ideas of the original article and the original authors to say, this revolutionizes everything and they just ran with it. Right. And that's where the big problem comes. Right. And I, I understand the argument has been made that if, Skull 1 and Skull 5 had been found in totally separate areas. Somebody would have said, okay, this one is this one. This is Homo ergaster. This is Homo erectus. And I completely understand that. And it does prove that human evolution has had sort of a, a common trajectory of that we see a certain amount of diversity in modern day human. Nobody's ever tackled the idea of, well, do we see that same type of diversity in our ancestors? Nobody's ever said, well, let's start measuring and comparing, you know, right. nobody said that. So I, I do get where they say this does revolutionize, but the only reason that it revolutionizes is because nobody's ever really looked into it. It's <laughs> tough when we have so, so few fossils to say definitively that different specimens are diff completely and utterly different species when that dividing line in nature is really hard in the first right. place. But it does seem like the primate and especially upper primate kind of human-ish evolution has been a fairly narrow tree of, of evolution and not quite a big, bushy, kind of messy, kind of... I, I just I, I th kind of think of it as there's a huge diversity in beetles. One of the most one of the mm. biggest diversity of there any. There were only four. <sighs> no, we have skull five in this article, so obviously <laughs> there were more. Well, uh, there was the fifth beetle. Exactly, Preston, but, you know, <laughs> a keyboardist. So we've got this huge diversity in beetles, but they're still essentially beetles, right? Where, but. There's a lot more speciesization in beetles as there were in upper primates. So it seems narrower as a group than some other species right. out there. And the other side of that is is that we can sit here and look for diversity in anatomically modern human. There's 300 million people in the United States. We can pick five at random and see that diversity. Unfortunately, we just don't have the evidence for that in our ancestors. So this find of five right there together that show this diversity, that is huge. 
on the other hand, it is only five samples. Right. There's only so much you can extrapolate from that. Right. And that's You're not going to congratulate me for saying extrapolate without tripping over myself? Congratulations. And that's where I yeah. think that everybody's kind of gone off the deep end of this. The science reporting is, this is huge and it's revolutionary. It's not yet. yet. We need to find more. We need to start comparing it to the Australopithecines. We need to start comparing it to the Denisova. We need to start comparing it to the human hobbit and these other groups before we say, yes, we don't have Ergaster, Rudolfensis, Sediba. We have Homo erectus, which led into anatomically modern human and our subspecies such as Neanderthals. The cool thing about evolution is that we kind of know where to look. Yep. So we, can, we can guess which layer, which type of rock, which areas. Educatedly guess. Yeah. yeah. Which is how Tiktaalik was found, that sort exactly. of thing. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. We, so. They were guessing, you know, if, if we're going to find a transition species, it's going to be in this kind of yeah. rock that came from shallow water. Exactly. And for the Tiktaalik, not the humans. Um, <laughs> and and it's Unless you believe be, the uh, aquatic ape. Theory. It's going to be about this far down because that's about time-wise where it should be. Uh-oh. You pissed off Donna. <laughs> I don't. I was just throwing it out there. Yeah. But, yeah, and we see that in human evolution, too. We know that we can look in the Old Gorge and in Turkana and all of these these areas that, the quote, the cradle of mankind. We know that if we keep searching there, we're probably going to find more fossils. Not so much in Alaska, but yeah. Exactly. And we're starting to find them other places. Like I said, like Georgia, this is a prime example. We're not, we hadn't realized exactly how rich this area was for human fossils until recently. Hmm. And once again, part of the problem is, is that Africa is getting harder and harder to search with all of the war and all of the things that are going on in that it's not easy to get in there and spend a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, the leakies, when they were doing their research, that was great. They kind of had free reign. And <laughs> now you have people trying to shoot you. And yeah. That's never fun. So the fact that these skulls were found in one area in Georgia, does that inform any of the kind of out of Africa, the waves Right. That's one of, of the things that they're actually looking into. And I didn't really get a, a chance to really read much into that. But they are looking into the diversity and how that is affecting the out of Africa theory. Because if there is a consensus that says, okay, all of these ones that we split before are actually erectus, that's going to actually change a lot of the out of Africa theory. Because there's no debate that humans came out of Africa. It's when and how often and right. in what directions and what groups became what other groups like the subspecies of Hobbit which came out of Africa at some point and then got isolated and changed, evolved into a separate species. Yep. Okay. So there's like, it's still a big deal and it's, it's a great find and people are going to be talking about it for quite a long time. 43 years. That's it. After 43 years, no longer discussion. You know, we're done. and, and like Don't I said, it is like you were saying before, this has been, the research has been done solidly. This is not a case of Piltdown Man where you have somebody 
lying their ass off. Right. Because that's what happened with Piltdown Man. And Other people would, want to see it so they can confirm or say, well, okay, you got this little bit, a little off here, but generally it's still checking a neat the skull. analysis. Yeah. yeah. That's what science is all about. Piltdown Man was a human cranium and orangutan mandible, lower jaw, put together. It wasn't even stained correctly, but it was suddenly, you know, the, oh, look. And they used it for the purpose of saying, we found this in Piltdown, England. And it proves that the white man was smarter, stronger, faster than the Africans and women and all. It had a political agenda. Mm -hmm. I guess, do you guys have any more questions? Questions, comments? I can't think of anything else. I think we've interrogated you as much as we possibly could, given our small cranial sizes. (laughs) Small amount of knowledge on the subject. Thank you so much for, for talking about that. What do you say, Greg? What do I say? What do you say? The Web of Trust, for example. (laughs) Yes, I knew we'd get there eventually. So last week sometime, the Doubtful News website, which is a really good aggregator of just general skeptical news and skeptical topics that come up in the day, not a lot of opinion, just this is what happened and the the basic research on the story. So basically the opposite of us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to say, being someone like me who does not like reading blogs anymore because of yeah. all the vitriol and, and just ugh, between I, everybody, this is just the facts. Right. I find reading blogs is generally okay as long as you don't start reading the comments. <laughs> yeah, just but like even so, stories. like the back and forth between different blogs yeah, and so-and-so said this and I say blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, right, so this is a news aggregator. Yes, uh, run by a very neat person, Sharon Hill. And apparently last week sometime, she got a DMCA complaint against her website, which I don't know exactly what DMCA stands for. I probably should have looked that up before I started Digital talking. Millennium Copyright Act. Someone complained about her website and basically said, this person is violating my established trademark and complained to the server company that... Right. Doubtful News the works host, with. The hosting company. The hosting company. Thank you. As if I didn't know enough of the terminology on the anthropological stuff. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the hosting company just bowed down and took the site down. Or we would use the term rolled over. Yes, that too. <laughs> and played dead. So what was this DMCA complaint all about, you ask? What was this DMCA complaint <laughs> all about, we ask? You can read all about it on Sharon's website, but essentially she wrote up an article about the situation with the psychic in Florida by the name of Rose Marks, who was recently convicted of defrauding many of her customers out of millions of dollars, including, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, a very famous romance author, I think it was, Mm -hmm. and um, went around a lot of the skeptical websites and circles, and of course that's why we talked about it on the show. And it was just something to say, you know, psychics are obviously fraudulent and they're... This one was more fraudulent than others. Exactly. (laughs) Very successful in convincing someone that they had magical powers and you had to give them money in order to fix stuff. Yeah. Well, after that article went up, apparently the person who owns psychicrose.com filed this DMCA complaint essentially saying that the fact that you used the word psychic and rose next to each other meant that you were infringing on my trademark. 
And that is the nature of the DMCA complaint that got Doubtful News taken down. That doesn't even sound right. But does that make sense? The fact that this yeah. psychic Rose Marks in Florida, who is in no way related to psychic Rose, because it is the words Rose and psychic next to each other. Right. So here, here's my question. This is, this is what has confused me about this whole thing. Okay. So psychic Rose is the people, is the person who put in the DMC complaint. Correct. And this person does not have any affiliation with psychic, psychic Rose Marks, the woman who built all of those right. people well, that we talked about before. Because Psychic Rose Marks has a website called psychicrose.com. No. No. Psychic Rose Marks, as far as we know, I'm this is I'm going out on a limb here, doesn't have a website. Okay. Psychic Rose, the one who did so, the DMCA complaint, has psychicrose.com and tarot readings by psychicrose.com. Okay. This that's where I got confused. Exactly. So the website is unaffiliated with the with the bilker, with the Florida woman. So in, so this anyway. is basically almost a uh not Spielberg effect. Stri- uh, Streisand Streisand effect. effect. I, because yeah. they, I mean they're, they're this idiot has put a DMCA, which puts the psychic rose now, not psychic rose marks, but psychic rose. This is actually uh, not good for her because I, I understand that doubtful news is not going to follow up, but this is a false DMCA and that's actually a felony. I would hope that someone would follow up on this. Yeah. I don't, but, you know, Ch- but Sharon, Sharon Hill in her blog post said that she's not, it's not even worth it because the, the problem is, that it takes money and time exactly. for you to do. So and, it's and not worth it. part of the problem you with like four before the hosting company is that she doesn't have a lot of money to do a full-on hosting company right. that is going to fully-on support her. She has to work with hosting companies that are essentially bargain companies sure. because she doesn't have a big advertising model or anything like that or subscribers. Right. She has a website that just goes out on its own. So she doesn't have the money to prosecute this or a civil suit or anything like that. I was just saying, I hope someone would follow up on this looking at it and say, this is frivolous, but sure. It'd be, it would be very nice that this person who, who put in the DMCA was notified that what she did was highly illegal. Well, not even highly is illegal. Yeah. One would (laughs) hope so, but the most I can do as little skeptic on a skeptic th- a trio of podcast. He's laughing at the creaking door in your mouth. Every time, every time we start saying psychic grows, the thing starts creaking. It's hilarious. <laughs> the coincidence is funny. Okay. She's good. She's going to come bursting out of your room. Maybe psychic Rose is trying to tell us something. <laughs> Don't eat the miso soup. Oh, too late. (laughs) Anyway. Well, I can't do much about... (laughs) Harpo, (laughs) you're not helping. (laughs) Harpo, that's enough. Hush. (laughs) Harpo. Come here, Harpo. Well... Here's something that I'm actually looking at her website and I find this funny because 
you have to scroll through tons and tons of crap. And it's actually one of the worst built websites I've ever looked at. <laughs> it's basically an 80s website. Yeah, like very basic, much. Basic HTML. The only yeah. thing we can be happy about is she didn't use the multiple fonts that you usually see on Christian yeah. sites. Or, yes. <laughs> or yellow text on a black background yeah yeah, yeah yeah i hate those too or yellow on a white where you're like having to highlight it to read it yeah the, the flashing ones right but <laughs> if you get down to the bottom of it she actually gives her real name which is Anne marie conti it says i Anne marie conti am the legal trademark and copyright owner of the words quote psychic end quote and quote rose end quote i call bullshit on that <laughs> And, and then does the I'm the one and only Psychic Rose, except no limita- imitators. Ask any federal judge and he will say. That's very sexist. I was just like, oh my goodness. But her web. <sighs> In business since 1996 when she first built this website and didn't change it since. Right. And then her little trademark poem. Oh, Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. But what my personal favorite. <laughs> my personal favorite is. The cheesy 80s picture of her standing outside against the tree with the Discover MasterCard and Visa sign. <laughs> I guess I didn't see that one. I'm just cracking up over that. That's my little personal favorite. Yep. She guarantees that she will predict accurately and that she serves the people of the United States. She's channeling God, all this kind of fun stuff. So... For the simple fact that she did this dishonest DMCA complaint about a good, honest, factual website that just reports the actual news about what happens and distills things down to what happened and what can you understand about the situation, like doubtful news, they deserve, she deserves some pretty serious web of trust action because some of her website, her her two websites are both not rated well, but I think they need a little extra. So to repeat ourselves, it's www.psychicrose.com and www.tarotcardreadingsbypsychicrose.com. As if you needed multiple websites for that purposes, because they're both <laughs> essentially the same, same damn website. Right. You know, tower cards everywhere and a lot, you know, like... Donna said the trademark poem and her 800 numbers and, oh, yes, she does accept credit cards and make appointment now and I am completely and utterly accurate and I love you and, uh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) More attention than she probably deserves to talk about her on the show, but let's give her a whole big bag of Web of Trust negativity. And I, I, I know we don't like to tell people how to vote, but I think if you're listening to this webcast, podcast thing... You pretty much know how you're going to vote on someone like Psychic Rose. And while you're at it, maybe go over to Doubtful News and give them Some a love. positive web of trust because they are pretty green, but it always helps to have more. And another one, there's actually one that I wanted to talk about. I spent a lot of time this week in my car, and I've heard this commercial now a couple of times, and it is for a website called www.preventpertussis.org. And they're talking about pregnant women making sure that they get their Tdap vaccination while pregnant to make sure that your child kind of has that l- little bit of helping start on being fully vaccinated. Awesome. Really- and and just protecting your child before they can get vaccinated so that you don't catch it and pass it on to them. 
They've also got a e-card reminder system, everything else. It's a really great little website. If you've got questions, you can email them or, you know, fill in your information. And it does talk about pertussis information and about how vaccines are not just for kids because one of the things that we've talked about on here is there's a lot of push to get kids vaccinated, but there's not a lot of push for adults to stay vaccinated to get their booster shots and everything else. And so this is great. And it, it, it explains how pertussis is passed on, gives a lot of really great information. So I think that we should show them some, some love. what love. So what's the web address again? www.preventpertussis.org. And we will have links to that on the blog post show notes. If, and if you have any suggestions on other websites that we should read out on, feel free to post it to our Facebook page or email us. But also, if you want, there's that skeptic action group that does a lot of these web of trust and rebutter kind of suggestions. So that's another opportunity to very simply make a difference skeptically. Exactly. And I think that's all we have the time for. All righty then. So what did we learn tonight? Well, let me see. We learned... That tofu and uh, chicken base aren't supernatural. <laughs> we learned that antioxidant soap may make you smell better, but won't stop you from rusting. <laughs> I have nothing to say, snarkily or otherwise, uh, about Pat Tillman at all. Going <laughs> <laughs> to avoid that kind of minefield entirely. Yeah, pretty much. It appears that uh, Skull 5 has decided to fight against good and will now be featured in the new Superman-Batman movie. <laughs> psychic Rose, Psychic Rose, blah, 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 bitch. <laughs> uh, and Pertussis is bad, but Pertussis info, good. Right. That's pretty much what we learned <laughs> today. So you decided to take all the snark that you saved up from not talking about Pat Tillman and put that all directly into the Psychic Rose thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it's I wouldn't really, you know game. what, I really wouldn't call it snark as much as I would call it haughty derision. Yeah. And i also like to point out that we've left gaps between each use of the word psychic and rose. Even though you can't really hear them, they are there. There's a glottal stops between them. And therefore, we are not infringing on her stinking copyright claim. Right. I thought we just put a, a pound sign in between to separate yeah, there you go. them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's oh, a... so now we're hashtagging, hashtag psychic, hashtag rose. Right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I was staring at my keyboard, and that's the first thing I saw. So uh, <laughs> not the at sign. That would be Twittering. Um, the, so with the hashtag thing. No, the, the straight line up and down that I can never remember what it's called. Yeah, uh, it's above that. the backslash. Yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. I, I've, I've been using it for the last couple of days in my programming. Vertical line. Yeah. Hold on. You know what? Hold on. Google is your friend. What is twerking? Thank you, Google. <laughs> what is lupus? Uh, no clue. Up, down, line. I know it's got a grammatical name or something like that, but I, I honestly can't remember what it is. It's like bar or something. What is the Higgs? I don't know. Uh, and, and so to we, to... Have, we have put a silent character of some sort. We've changed it each and every time we said the word psychic 
Exactly. And rose. Exactly. Sometimes it was an ampersand. Sometimes it was a open parentheses just for the hell of it. And sometimes it was that up, up, down, up, that, uppy, that, yeah, downy, uppy, uppy, downy, downy line things. things. But we also like to point out that this is both satire and parody, which are protected under the DMCA, as are uh, criticisms. So fuck you, psychic rose. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I just I oh, wait, at- or is that defamation? No, no, we laughed. It's definitely parody. <laughs> and I actually looked it up in Unix. It's called the pipe. The pipe. Ah, the pipe. Yes, that's what. Okay, it was. now wait a minute. What did you What did you type to look it up? Uh, what is the up and down line on the keyboard? <laughs> okay, because yeah, I just put I just put the the symbol itself, and it didn't. It, it, well, it, yes, just, but it's twerking. <laughs> right. What is the straight up and down line on a keyboard? Is what I put oh, the pipe. But it took me. I had to go like several yeah. websites down for it to say. And it was actually on Unix.com. Of course it is. It says, finding the pipe on a keyboard. And once I saw the word, I was like, that's it. (laughs) We're in the pipe five by five, which is the beginning of Aliens. Yes. Well, not the beginning, but, you know, when they go down to the planet. Yes. You just want me to shut up about Aliens. No, it's just when when someone says five by five. You go to Faith. Yes, from Buffy. Because that's her little line is always, how are you doing? I'm, I'm five by five. Oh. Which you stole from Aliens. I would assume that Joss Whedon actually well, stole no. it since he wrote it. No, it was a common phrase. Yeah. It, even it's before a military, Aliens. It's a military so, phrase. So fuck you. She, no. We didn't, didn't steal it from Aliens. We? We, we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> I said we didn't. We didn't. I said we didn't, but I kind of swallowed the dun. So you, uh. all you heard was we dun. You know, we only have to do that for psychic glottal rose. <laughs> psychic Whedon is going to sue us next. Or or will be a psychic rose. <laughs> anyway. Uh, He's just insisting that that's how she would say her name amongst the people of Oza. So there you go. <laughs> right. yeah. She would insist on being called her English name rather than whatever name they would give her for Visiting right. their, their That means uh, ignorant. Translates as asshole. Ignorant who, twunt. <laughs> asshole who files DMCA complaints. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little long in whatever language. Yeah, which is why I love the word twunt. <laughs> it's a word that covers all manners of sin. <laughs> I like it. I like twunt. I mean the word. <laughs> okay. Well, I figured you'd like that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get the hell out of here. <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us uh, again this uh, this time, uh, people. Week. Uh, week. Yeah. Thanks. No, 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 no. I was calling you. Week. Ah, I see. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you, Greg and Donna, for joining. Uh, well, thanks, Greg, for hosting. And Greg for... Uh, so wait. Thanks, Greg, for hosting. And Donna for coming over. And so we'll talk with you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> You guys are like, get over it. Come on, Gary. Just say goodbye. Nope. Can't be done. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 
Craig, Craig do, do, do you suffer from confirmation bias? <laughs> now if I say yes... Because <laughs> you never yell in your car. <laughs> but if I say... I don't, if I say yes, is that still confirmation bias? Saying That's yes? a good question. I don't know. That was the worst Yoda impression I've ever heard. <laughs> I wasn't trying to... That's why it was... Bad. Bad Yoda. No donut. No writing on Luke's back. Bad Yoda. Unless he passes out. <laughs> Drunk you are. <laughs> Sharpie you will be. <laughs> Yoda drawing a penis on Luke's face and Sharpie. <laughs> the, the sick thing is that I can imagine that scene. <laughs> the force <laughs> the force falls through you and out your mouth. Yes. Well, who's a dick face now, Luke? <laughs> Dickface you are now. <laughs> That's going to be our next shirt. Dickface you are now. You asked me to construct you a new lightsaber. Now you have a big schlong on your face. <laughs> I'm trying to work Obi-Wan Kenobi and, and Luke's father in there. Like they're like frat buddies or well, something. Well, from a certain point of view, that's not a penis. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said I didn't have anything written on my head. <laughs> From, From a certain, certain point of view, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Yes. Okay. Um, Speaking of ridiculous, let's talk about what we're going to do on the show. Exactly. You don't have a script to work with, so I don't know how to start with the fact that this guy played football. Hey! And go on from there without you two jumping all over me. Do we know the position he played in football? Yes, if I turn the page. Maybe a running back. Hold on. The plane's coming in, Greg. <laughs> it's corkscrewing. I think he's doing touch and go. A little rapey. See, you go rapey? I went, isn't there a car song by that name? No. Touch and go? I could be. There's something and go by the cars. <laughs> Big league football player and go. <laughs> I haven't gotten a lot of sleep lately. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if a car is. Anyway. This is going to fucking bother me. Hold on. Wait, you're looking up the car song? I have it on my iTunes library. Drive. Touch and go. See? See? Oh, also an album. Oh, okay. I'm going back to the beginning. <laughs> Are you going to start over so you can give the clues? No, no. <laughs> Donna guessed it. She got it right. Smarter, stronger, faster than the Africans and women and all. It's just, it had a political agenda. Mm -hmm. This going to happen so much. and That was a little creepy. But... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me explain. <laughs> the door to my office does not latch, and the window is open in there. So every once in a while, the door will go back and forth. Okay. Damn. And here I was thinking it was haunted. Yes. 
Yeah, right. It is day. the door version of a miso soup bowl. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> between between my haunted miso soup and and your uh, creep creepy door. No, that's my my creepy door. I have a whole other door that's more creepy. Oh, okay. Whoa, that sounds like too much information. I wasn't going to tell you anything more than that. Just to be scared of in me. his thirteenth room. Be scared. Be scared of Greg's creepy door. <laughs> Usually behind the creepy door is the naughty drawer. So. No comment. <laughs> You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. 